on today's Locked On Texas podcast. We get into them YouTube comments. Let's see what they're hmm. talking about in them YouTube streets. And we continue with draft position priority. What should the Houston Texans do at tackle with number three? Okay, let's talk about it. But first, before we dive into all of that, Cody, it's Friday. Start the people off the right way. Let's end the weekend off nice. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen. I'm Joseph Sports Guy Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrated, Cody M. Davis. Y'all see the M right there. Hmm. And uh, got to hop into them YouTube streets, and then we'll transition over to Texans Priority at the draft. Before we get into the YouTube streets, was I know we said we're not going to talk about him anymore. <laughs> Don't start. But it's not him, though. Sean, it's not him. But did Sean Watson's contract include a record deal for his girlfriend? <laughs> She's dropping a four-song EP, man. Shout out to my boy, uh, Figgy Fig, over with 16. He checked it out. I, I wasn't going to check it out. Cody, you checked it out, too. I listened to one song, and it you was in the word song. of Charles Barkley. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> $230 million guaranteed and a record deal. For Which, by the way, I want to say, Deshaun is kind of selfish because, you know, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta. You, you're talking about some of the best musical cities in the South. And you go to Cleveland? Like, yeah. Cleveland? Nothing. Look, outside of what? The OJs and what? Maybe. Not even maybe. The Osley Brothers. I mean, come on now. What other musical icons come out of Cleveland? Like, she will be the next. On, not like <laughs> she'll be the next, but I definitely want to get into the YouTube streets. This was for the episode where we discussed Brandon Cook's future with the Houston Texans, which was a day ago. I well, two days ago. I suggest you guys, you know, check that out. But Everett Hatch commented that he disagreed with us. Uh, he mentioned that you helped Davis Mills by addressing that offensive line. Continue with able to run the ball. You can find guys to catch the ball, which is true. And he can also he also continue with the Texans must absolutely get a good offensive line. And I don't think that we were looking at the offensive line and disregarding that in any shape, form, or fashion. We also have talked about on this show how important it is to improve that offensive line. But I think keeping Cooks at least helps Davis Mills in terms of chemistry and getting still acclimated to the NFL by from, it's not by but from a veteran wide receiver presence. Like, Cody, mm-hmm. do you have the same thought or? How do you feel about that? Yeah, he's he's actually my cousin, by the way. First cousin, it's the same blood and stuff. But I had an opportunity to speak to him, uh, like, right after he listened to the show. And, um, you know, every every was more referring to the fact that, and this actually is going to go into what we're going to talk about in the second segment, but he was more so referring to the fact that we were talking about building around Davis Mills and how it might be in the Texans' best interest to draft a wide receiver with that number 13 overall pick or with their first pick in the second round other than addressing the offensive line. And I understand where he was coming from, and I and I don't want to disregard the O-line, but at the same time, 
in order for us to get the best version of Davis Mills, you have to make sure you put enough weapons around him. And I will also piggyback off that and say there's one player in this draft that I've loved the moment I had an opportunity to watch him play football. And if he's available at 13, which I think there's a strong possibility he will be, you know, we talk about protecting Davis Mills. We talk about getting receivers and you can find guys to catch the ball. Like Everett said, you know, AJ can was brought in to replace the right guard from last year. He's going to be playing right guard. We are assuming that Houston will be smart about playing Titus Howard at tackle. Uh, you go back and you look at the relationship that was rebuilt and that included a restructured contract between uh, Larry Tunsil. So I say all of that to say this, and then you had Justin Britt to come back at center. At number 13, would you guys out there, and I, I really implore you guys to watch film and tape on this young man out of Boston College, Zion Johnson, drafting him at 13, for him to be the left guard for the Houston Texans, of the future. Now, we've talked about drafting a wide receiver at 13. We've talked about maybe if you go Sauce Gardner at three, do you go Jermaine Johnson at 13? We've talked about a lot of different scenarios, but with Houston getting that additional first round pick and have they've struggled at left guard for a very long time, I think Zion Johnson is a guy because look, he's versatile, right? And we know how much this organization loves a player that can do multiple things. He can play tackle he can play guard he can play center the best version of him will be left guard the weakest link right now on this offensive line considering the up in the air status surrounding titus howard is left guard you know if you're going to maximize talent then he is a player i would see houston going after at 13. my boy mitch mitch corners of mayhem from north kakalaki one of our uh, mm. One of our original uh, <laughs> yes, listeners. Sir. Uh, this was on the dancing on the ceiling. How good can Davis be? Davis Mills be as a quarterback episode. He said, "Hey, look, hey guys, love y'all." But on a side note, y'all have mentioned Deshaun's name on the past two episodes. After y'all said y'all was done mentioning his name, <laughs> uh, hey, we have. You know, it's, sometimes it lingers, right? We mentioned Bill O'Brien's name a couple of times, but. Uh, as a lifelong Texan fan, I'm glad he's gone, all caps and gone. Uh, keep up the good work, y'all. Listen to y'all every day from North Kakalaki. Go Texas and John. I love them billboards. Thanks to y'all. You know what? I, I just want to address this because, you know, I think everybody is starting to kind of say, you know what? Maybe he was not the right guy for us this entire time in terms of mm. what he may possibly been off the field this is no accusation of my own just speaking in possibly what he had his outside life and so we've seen this whether it had been um on twitter or in the youtube comments a lot of people are just done talking deshaun watson and rightfully so but we definitely have to mention this record deal that jilly just got song <laughs> and that album that just came out uh sarah mccoy she mentioned that it remains to be seen how good Davis Mills can be. He started out the 2021 campaign looking pretty bad, but in the mm -hmm. late part of the season, he's shown he showed signs of improvement. 
We will not know how good he can be until the Texans upgrade that offensive line, find a good running back, and improve the receiving court. If Mills does not continue to improve, the draft class of the 2023 draft will offer some good quarterback prospects, much better mm. than anything in the 2022 draft. And I think that's been Cody and I thought this entire time. One year of improving everything that sucked last year around him, that way there's no excuses that he can go out there and really prove what he can and cannot do, which leads me to the last comment. Uh, this was a new comment. Paul Sinclair, get this, Davis Mills' best comp to me is Matt Ryan. I was actually thinking Matt Ryan. I was like, former MVP might be stretching it, but I did have in my mind Matt Ryan. Shout, shout out to that listener, man, because I was literally considering whether or not I wanted to compare Davis Mills to Ryan only because I think Ryan, especially in his heyday in Atlanta, was at his best when you go out there and let him air out that ball. And yes, I understand pairing him with Julio Jones, which was what? In the mid-2010s, probably the only wide receiver to challenge D-Hop as the best wide out in the game. Um, had a lot to do with it, but once again, it shows that when you pair a quarterback with a very good receiving core, a receiving threat like a Julio Jones, it will work wonders for the quarterback. We saw it in Atlanta, and I'm hoping that the Houston Texans, Nick Casario, is actually taking notes, and they actually give Davis Mills an opportunity to put some really dangerous receivers around him. By the way, John, I do want to mention this. Um, a couple of days ago, earlier this week, the Houston Texans did attend Alabama's Pro Day. And guess who was oh, in man. attendance? Yeah. Bryce Young. <laughs> yeah, it was they, a, uh, yeah, a unofficial. Yeah, it, yeah. it was like a pre-year Pro Day, however they wanted to classify it. But they know what they was doing. All 32 teams went to Alabama, um, and Bryce Young had a pretty solid day. So, Davis Mills, if you're listening, we are rooting for you. We are hoping that you succeed. But if you don't, Texans might have their eyes set on a guy that's in Alabama. But we're rooting for you, though, by the way. And you know what? I will say this. When you look at, um, when you look at what Matt Ryan has been able to do in his career, the 2016 NFL MVP, you know, I would also point towards that year Atlanta had a very decent rushing game as well. So it's very mm. important for this Texan team to really put uh, a good running roster, running room, running back room together uh, for Davis Mills. And we go right back towards the game where Rex Burkhead went crazy and, mm. you know, rushed for a bunch of those yards. And we saw Davis Mills play like he had no pressure on his back because the running game was effective that game. So, uh, But let's move on forward towards the tackle talk for the Houston Texans. And does number three for tackle, does drafting a tackle at number three now seem out of the question? Cody, some very interesting odds for what the Houston Texans could possibly do with the number three overall pick. Four to one, Kyle Hamilton. Eight to one, Amar Gardner. 12 to 1 Malik Willis. Hmm. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. From all of the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. Bet Online remains the best spot for all of the latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews. 
this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and actions because BetOnline is where the game starts. And continue here with this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. John, I think it's really important for us to go back and take a look at a conversation that you and I had around this time last month about the possibility of the Houston Texans drafting an offensive lineman, more so a tackle in this year's draft, at least within their first three picks. And it seems like that was a good idea prior to the Houston Texans and Laramie Tunso fixing their relationship because I, I, we all can agree at one time, it definitely seemed like he was on his way out the door. But now when you take a look at this offensive line, and once again, I don't want to diminish the importance of it, but when I take a look at what the Houston Texans need in their secondary, when I take a look at the fact that this is a team, like we've been saying all this whole entire this whole entire week, you need to build around Davis Mills. I'm not too sure that it's in the best interest for the Texans to go out and draft a tackle within their first three picks. Because look, first and foremost, and as you mentioned in the first segment, if they are smart, you're going to put Titus Howard back at right tackle yes you could fix fix the inside of the in the interior of your offensive line but john i'm not too sure if that is more important to waste one of your top three picks and by the way we're talking about picks 3 13 and 37 i'm not too sure if that would be the right choice for the texans to use one of those top three picks when you have your eye on a guy like a, a Moss Sauce Gardner. You have your eye set on a Chris Olave or, or whoever the case might be. Like, I just feel like there are other holes that the Texans really need to make sure they feel within this draft before they go out and draft an offensive lineman, especially considering the primary targets and the best offensive linemen in this draft are tackles. Well, so when I look at evaluating the tackle position. Right? We, we know that Lamry Tunstall was coming back for another year. The potential of Titus Howard playing tackle is always there. He played some very good ball at left tackle when, you know, the last couple of games of the year. So maybe they'll use that tape to determine whether or not they want to move him back to right tackle. Taking an offensive lineman isn't the issue, main issue. It is, for me, taking a tackle. And at one point it was Evan Neal. And then uh, Iki came up as well. Maybe he'll go number three overall. A lot of people like him. But, you know, I, and I just mentioned that if you want to draft a lineman early in the draft, you know, there's no way you don't address the guard position, which the best guard, in my opinion, and I've said this before, I think he may be the best offensive lineman was Ion Johnson. Mm -hmm. And it's not just necessarily addressing or building around Davis Mills Again, it's building around that quarterback position whenever you know that, okay, if it's Davis Mills for the foreseeable future, he's going to be our franchise quarterback, or maybe next year when you know that you may have to address the quarterback position because it's apparent that you re you really need one, then you go out there and address it in the draft or free agency, whoever you know works better for Houston. That quarterback is still going to need protection regardless. There's no quarterback that's going to be successful in this league without – without protection outside of 13 do i think that houston should address it at 37 not necessarily right but you do have 
four picks in the top 80. That's a lot you can do. With a four or five, you have three, 13, 37. Is it 68 and 80? Between that range, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But Yeah, you're, you're right. Of, it's 68 and 80. 60, okay, so you have five picks in that first first 80 that you can really look at and say, well, how much do we value Titus Howard right now? That's a question mm-hmm. for this team. Nick Casario did not draft him, but I think that it would be – you wouldn't do your, your roster justice if you overvalue that so early when there are other things that you can bring in, other players and positions that you can bring in that will really help out bigger holes because you can do it saying, well, let's draft a tackle, but let's draft a tackle later in the draft. And that way, that will give us the opportunity to address the receiver position, to address the guard position, to address the cornerback position, to address maybe the running back position, who knows, or the defensive end position. So that's five positions right there that Houston can address. And then after 80, listen, guys, they still have more picks. They got 12 picks in this draft. And you're going to be able to find tackles throughout the draft, right? I don't think this is one of those drafts where, you know, you have to absolutely, for the Texans, get this guy at that pick, right? You can you can kind of sacrifice some picks, I think, so with drafts and tackles. And so, overall, I think it does come down to how much does Nick Casario and Lovey Smith really value what Titus Howard can possibly bring. The issue with that is, you know, Titus Howard and – Due to the developments around him and not being placed in the best position, he hasn't shown consistency at any position because he's been moved around a lot. So, yeah, they may look at their tape and say, well, let's put this guy in the best position to succeed. Let's give him an opportunity to where when camp starts, yeah, there's going to be a competition, but there's a competition he can win out and really solidify himself at his position that they're going to place him in. But if not, we definitely still need to draft a backup just in case uh, this guy potential, his ceiling is higher, or Titus Howard just isn't working out. This one is for my boy Mitch, but more so for everybody who has not gotten on the billboard train. You know, I'm not going to talk about resolutions. I want to talk about having fun as an adult and what comes with it. It always comes with checks and balances, right? You want to go out there. And have a night out on the town, better make sure your bills pay, right? You want to go out there, have some drinks, make sure your gas tank is full right now. And then you look at, you want to go out there and get you a treat, make sure that you're not eating away with all of these carbs and sugars. You don't want to do all of that. And that's where Bill Bar comes in. Most Bill Bar contains 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein, and it's covered in 100% real chocolate. Got other candy bars out there, but they're normally carrying around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. And they do not have the flavors like Bill Bar has. They don't have the mint brownies. They do not have the white chocolate cookies and cream or the coconut coconut almond. Bill Bars are delicious and new flavors are coming out all of the time. Checks and balances, baby. And with this checks, balance yourself with 15% off on your order, go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off using promo code LOCK15. Again, at built.com, 15% off using LOCK15.
edbuilt.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make sure you're listening to the Locked On NFL Draft Show with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. John, listeners and viewers, this is Locked On Texans. And I think it's very important for us to close out this Friday installment by giving a great shout out and a salute to one of, if not the greatest sports journalists in John McClain. 47 years at the Houston Chronicle. Yesterday was his last day the man retired. And John, I only had one year of being around Mr. McClain. And when I tell you I love talking to him, man, the stories that he can tell you about. First and foremost, he's been at the Houston Chronicle. His very first day was October 19th. 1976. Damn. Do you understand how long that was? The Jackson 5 had just left Motown to sign with Epic. Michael still had the throw. Prince wasn't around. Whitney Houston wasn't around. That's how long it's been. And was it the only two superstars in the league? No. Was Magic and Bird wasn't even in the league? Magic and Bird wasn't even in the league. Warren Moon wasn't in the league. Nobody, like, do you realize how how much this man has seen? And I say all that just to say one of my favorite moments of covering the Houston Texans this year, especially in person now, given the fact that COVID was dying down and we was finally able to go up, go back up to the facilities and stuff. Some of my favorite moments of this past season was just talking to John McClain while we waiting on players to come out or we waiting to go give get out COVID tests or whatever the case might be. If it's just me and John McClain, I, I love talking to him because he used to always, you know, talk about the Houston Oilers. He was oh, yeah. he saw the whole entire Houston Oilers. And I used to just love picking his brain off. I, I remember one of my favorite conversations. This was like, I think, the second or third day of training camp. But we remember, you know, the whole fiasco with Deshaun Watson. I remember sitting there and I, I talked to McClain for like 20 to 25 minutes because I asked him, was Deshaun Watson the best quarterback to ever play in Houston? And he said, as great as Deshaun Watson is, and it still is to this day, he doesn't hold a candle to Warren Moon. And I, and, and just to hear him talk about all of the greats. And by the way, John McClain isn't just a football guy. This is a guy. I remember one time it was me, Brooks Cabina, who is, you know, taking over for John over at the Houston Chronicle. Shout out to him and um, Big Sarge. Us three, we were sitting there having some type of NBA debate talking about, of course, Kobe, LeBron, and, and, and Jordan. And John McClain was sitting over there. And John McClain chimed in. All those players are great. But don't nobody hold a candle to Oscar Robinson and Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And it's like, knowing how much history this man has witnessed, especially here in this city, John, it was remarkable talking to him. I hate knowing I only had an opportunity to really get to know him for that one year. And by the way, and I want to throw this out here, the first time me and John McClain ever spoke, I was kind of nervous to like, 
talk to him. Cause that's John McClain. You know, I, was, I ain't gonna say I was starstruck, but I'm like, oh, okay, that's John McClain. I just went up to him one day. I said, hey, Mr. McClain, how you doing? I'm Cody Davis. I said, from Locked On Texans. He said, oh, yeah, Cody, I know who you are. How John doing? <laughs> I promise. And that lets me know, like, this man literally, the fact that he knew who we were, that, that was a win in my book, man. John McClain is a legend, pro football, Hall of Fame. Uh, it's remarkable career, man. You know, I have to uh, speak to the name John. My grandmother, shout out to my granny. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother used to, without my grandmother, I wouldn't be where I'm at in terms of, um, I would have never chosen communication as a, as a, as a, um, as a major in college, as a study in college. I would have never gotten to uh, writing. Before I got into podcasting and TV or anything like that, um, as a kid, I was such a great writer. And my grandmother really made me sit down and write. And um, she still has this up from a very long time ago. A very, very long time ago. Like a very long time ago. Like the pinstripe jerseys. She still has that up. But I used to uh, sit down, you know, read them with her. The sports, because, you know, huge Rockets fan and just huge sports fan, period. But my grandmother used to, like, point his name out to me, right? And, like, John McClain, you're, you're John. You could also do and be just like that. Look at that name. And so um, in the last couple of – well, just last season, season and a half, um, I think that because sports is so revolving, right, it's – things changes all the time and we look at on the field. Let's look at off the field. Let's let's look at broadcast. Let's look at journalists. Let's look at uh, publications. Let's look at everything. Everything is so revolving that in times we forget. And Cody, I want to speak to John McClain because of what you just said. 47 years. Remarkable, man. Remarkable, right? (laughs) So with some of John McClain's takes in the last couple of seasons, let's never forget 47 years <laughs> of outstanding coverage, of being a outstanding Houstonian, being an outstanding, <clears throat> excuse me, journalist, reporter, being outstanding. And from me seeing, as a kid, seeing his name, John, uh, on that paper, back when you had to go get the paper, Going to that front lawn down there to the bottom of the street, they throw the paper, go pick it up for granted, go out there and go get that paper. That's how long since 92, man. I've only been here in 92, right? That's how long John McClain has been in the city of Houston, providing Houston with great, great coverage. And so this is more so to, and I've had to check myself because of some of the outrageous takes I've read from John McClain, (laughs) but, you know, don't let the last one or two, however, couple of years diminished 47 years shout out to john mcclain man sell out in the sunset hmm. cut the tv off put your <laughs> phone away don't worry about the houston texans and his legacy will live on 
through the likes of Cody Davis, through the likes of Brooks, through the likes of everybody that's coming through the city of Houston to cover the major sports team, the college teams, everything else. His legacy is so embedded into the community out here. <laughs> you can't do nothing but respect it and understand that it's that damn powerful. Thank you for checking out the Locked On Texan podcast. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure you're following the Locked On Texans at Locked On Texans and continue to subscribe on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, salute to my brother, John McClain. The general. (laughs) Peace.